Welcome to another edition of San Luis Valley Voices, a production of SL Voices, your voice in the San Luis Valley. Without further ado, enjoy the program. The Monta Vista Chamber of Commerce is proud to sponsor the monthly Monta Vista Chamber Business Spotlight podcast, highlighting member businesses, events, and organizations. The Monta Vista Chamber of Commerce exists to promote businesses and events in the Monta Vista area. They serve its members and the community at large by planning and hosting many local events, social media promotions, advertising, and help to improve community relations and communications among the residents and guests of the Monta Vista area. Their mission is to advance a sustainable business environment and improve the quality of life for the community. The Monta Vista Chamber of Commerce is located at 947 First Avenue in Monta Vista. You can call them at 719-852-2731. That's 719-852-2731. Or visit their website, montavistachamber.org. That's montavistachamber.org. And check back at the beginning of every month for another Monta Vista Chamber Business Spotlight Podcast. Coming up on this podcast are three special interviews. The first is with the newest member of the Monta Vista Chamber of Commerce, Assistant Chamber Manager Brenna Rivoli. Then we have the February 2021 Chamber of Commerce Business of the Month, Pepper Equipment, featuring President Justin Pepper. And wrapping up this podcast is the February Featured Business of the Month, the Monta Vista Medical Clinic of Rio Grande Hospital, featuring Development and Communications Officer Eva Timberlake. Please enjoy this informative podcast. I'm Adam, and this is the Monta Vista Chamber of Commerce Business Spotlight for February 2021. Part of each month's podcast is to introduce our listeners to the local Chamber of Commerce and the good folks behind the scenes. This month, we're talking with Brenna Rivoli. Brenna is the new Chamber Assistant Manager. Brenna, welcome to SL Voices. Thank you for having me. First, let's get your story. Where are you originally from, and how did you end up here? So I am from Alamosa, Monta Vista area. I was born and raised here, and so I ended up here just by birth. <laughs> oh, great. So you're a Valley native. I am. Tell me a little bit about yourself, your past, your history. What have you done? So I graduated in 2015 from Alamosa High School, and I started school at Adams State, and I graduated with my associates in accounting in 2018. From there, I currently go to TSJC for cosmetology. Mm-hmm. I have just always been in the valley, and I love this little valley, so. It's a great place, isn't it? It is. Uh, Are any particular groups you're involved with locally here? So I am. I'm involved with Living Water Bible Fellowship, their church. I help out with children's ministry as well as their youth group. I also host a women's Bible study, so I have a pretty good community over there. What do you like to do in your off time? Any hobbies or special interests? I am a typical Colorado gal, and I love anything outdoorsy. I love fishing. Fishing is my favorite pastime. Hiking, rafting, literally anything that has water to deal with or the mountains, I'm there. Where are the good fishing spots? You know. Or you won't tell, right? Yes, they're a secret. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Brenna, you are the new chamber assistant manager, so congratulations. Thank you. And how did you become involved with the Monta Vista Chamber in the first place? It's funny, my cousin Shelly used to be the assistant manager probably back in 2015, 2016. So when I was transitioning from, I used to be a nanny, so transitioning from nanny to school and then needing another job, 
she reached out to Linda because she was like, you would be perfect for this job. And then it just kind of so happened that it worked out and everything aligned. And here I am. Let's drill down a little bit on our chamber here. What is our mission, vision, and goal? So the chamber's vision is to create a dynamic organization through marketing and promoting business and community. Our mission is to create a sustainable environment and improve the quality of life here in Monta Vista as well as throughout the San Luis Valley. And our goal is here to create a strong and viable chamber that is an asset to the business community. Wow, you've got all those down already. Oh, yes. That is great. (laughs) I did my homework. Very good. Well, as the assistant chamber manager, what do those things mean to you? This being my home, and I love Monta Vista and the San Luis Valley, I want to see this community thrive. I want to see our economy thrive. And so having a successful and viable chamber, I think, is important on being an asset to the community as well as asset to the businesses. And I just want to see my future generations be able to strive and thrive here in the Valley as well as I have. Why do you believe local businesses should join, in our case, obviously, the Monta Vista Chamber of Commerce? I think that a chamber of commerce has all of these businesses that are a part of it has the same goal of wanting to see the community at its best and wanting to help. Personally, our chamber has created this network of businesses that all have that same goal or intention behind it. And I think joining it would just allow businesses to grow better and have these people that are backing them. We got a lot of benefits here too. We do. There's a whole list of them. There is, yes. If you're interested in that, you can stop by our website, montavistachamber.org. All of the uh, benefits and things that we offer, all of the businesses are all listed there. There's an awful lot of them. There is, yes. Brennan, what do you feel is the biggest challenge small businesses are facing here in Monta Vista, and how would you propose we overcome those? I think our lack of tourism or our lack of consumers is one of our biggest challenges. We are a small community, and not many people know what the valley is or where the San Luis Valley is, and so I think marketing, that we're a little mountain community that has all of these great businesses, as well as just working together is how we can overcome that. I've heard this referred to as the rooftop of the Rocky Mountains. Yes. I think that's a great title for it. I do too. But you're right. It's a very unique area and a lot of people don't know about it or what all is here. The beauty of Monta Vista, from here you can get everywhere else in the valley. That's true. Everything is within an hour's drive. And of course, we're all used to driving out here. But everything, you can get over to San Luis in an hour. You can get up to Creed in an hour, Villa Grove. Everything is within about an hour's drive, yep. and Monta Vista makes the perfect base camp for that, doesn't it? I agree. We're the heart of the valley. Yes, we are. Where would you like to see Monta Vista in, say, three to five years from now, and any ideas how we would get there? I would like to see just us booming as a town. I think it would be awesome to see all of the vacant buildings that we have here on Main Street and Adams just filled with different stores and whatever and businesses. I believe if we work together as a community and we market and just get the word out there as well as just come together as a community, we'll be able to really open up this area. Brenda, anything else you'd like to mention? I'm here most of the time at the Chambers. If you want to stop by and chat with me about Chamber membership or information, we are doing the Crane Swoop again this year. Businesses or whoever gets to sponsor a crane and an artist will get to dollop the crane. We have some really cool cranes this year, and then they'll be posted out on Main Street the middle of March. Just come and see. Our chamber is doing a lot for this community, and we're trying. And I think that if we have more members and more community support, we can really help make Monta Vista become the best. Monty Strong. Yes. 
And of course, we're an information center as well. We are, it's yes. It's not just the chamber here. There's a lot of information on Monta Vista and its surrounding towns that you can stop by and pick up. There's fishing information and hunting information and hiking. And if you need to know the fishing, I could help, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. She won't tell me, but you can come and ask her, folks. <laughs> She'll tell you about it. And the swoop of the cranes, boy, that made a great big buzz last year. It did. And it's happening again this year. It is. You come down in March, around the middle of the month or so, and all the cranes will be up on the light poles. And it's so neat because these are local people sponsoring this and local artists yes. creating these wonderful designs. We've gotten so many cool designs last year and this year. We've gotten just a few already, and they are really awesome. And we're looking forward to seeing them all up here in March. Yes. Brenna, I want to thank you for your time. Again, congratulations. Brenna Rivoli is the new Chamber Assistant Manager here. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Established in 2004, Pepper Equipment Corporation provides extensive options for your warehouse equipment needs. They serve the produce industry throughout the U.S. and import state-of-the-art equipment from around the globe. Are you in need of extensive operations for your warehouse equipment? From receiving and sizing to sorting and packaging to automated palletizing and even more, we got together with the folks at Pepper Equipment to find out what's going on. Joining us is none other than President Justin Pepper. Justin, welcome to SL Voices, sir. Well, thank you for having me, Adam. We appreciate you joining us. And first, let's get your story, Justin. Where are you originally from, sir? Well, my whole family is originally from the San Luis Valley. My folks, they got married, uh, were here for a few years, and then moved down to Alabama, where they lived for about seven years. Uh, I was born there along with my brother, and then I also have a sister, and she was born uh, here. Uh, we moved back when I was about, I think, three or four, and I've pretty much lived here for my whole life, except for a brief stint in the Navy. So anyway, went to Monta Vista schools, graduated from Monta Vista High School, and went to college for a semester. That didn't work out, okay? I was pretty immature, so uh, anyway, went to the Navy from there, got out and came back and worked at my uncle's parts store for about four years. Met my wife while I was working there. My dad was working for a company called County Line Equipment. Mm -hmm. That is the business that actually became Pepper Equipment. The owner was Bob Blakeney, and he uh, it was him and me and my dad, and they had a secretary. They sold packaging equipment for onions primarily. They had been working in potatoes, but that market was no longer there for their company. So uh, we uh, did some work down in Texas and New Mexico and a little bit in California. Got married, went to work there, worked there for a little over two years. And uh, with the intention of buying the company, the owner had told me uh, when we first started, he says, I think this is something I'd like to sell to you in about 10 years. That sounded pretty agreeable. And so two years into it, he comes to us and says, I'm done. I want to sell out now. <laughs> oh, wow. So I was 24 at the time, took over in July of 2004, turned 25 in July. Mm -hmm. And uh, here we are 16 years later, have expanded the company and taken on more lines that are more conducive to automation. It's been a lot of fun. We're going to get into some details on that in just a little bit. By the way, as a fellow veteran, thank you for your service. And I don't note any Southern accent. You obviously worked in the South too long then. I asked my folks that when I was, uh, I think I was early 20s. And it's like, did I ever have a Southern accent? They said you did for just a year when you came back and then that fell off. So yeah, no more accent. I understand that, of course, and I can pick on that because my wife is from the South too. And I love the Southern accent and the stories. They're very endearing to me. Yes. A lot of fun. What do you like to do in your off time? Any particular hobbies or special interests? Today, actually, my kids and I, we went up to uh, Wolf Creek. The uh, mountain's just getting hit hard with snow. So we went up there and we do like to ski. Mm -hmm. 
I like to ride my bike. I have a mountain bike. Uh, I got some friends to go ride with, and then my kids are getting big enough. We go ride bikes in the summertime, and we have a boat. We take to Navajo Lake. So that's stuff I like to do in my off time. Mow the grass. <laughs> <laughs> the typical Colorado outdoor activities is the state for it. Yep. Pepper Equipment is the Monta Vista Chamber of Commerce's Business of the Month for February. So congratulations. Uh, thank you very much. That's an honor to be that. Tell me about Pepper Equipment, and feel free to get into, of course, as much detail as you'd like. First, what is your mission and vision? Our mission would be to provide uh, equipment solutions to our customer base that helps make them more efficient, whether that be a single piece of equipment or a full line of, of equipment and anything they need. If they need a conveyor, if they need us to come in and, and help them figure out if there's something that they're not doing quite you know, efficiently enough, mm -hmm. that's what the name of the game is for us. Things in the packaging industry are tight, they're tough, and uh, they need to find any way they can to make themselves better. And so that's where we come in. And you go all over the place. You were telling me just beforehand, you've got jobs down in New Mexico this coming week. We do. So we have a full-time employee down in uh, southern New Mexico, and then we have technicians and salesmen that are based here that travel to New Mexico. We have another job in South Texas, actually south of San Antonio, that we're uh, working on right now. Pretty much the whole Southwest. And we also have a dealer network for our equipment. Mm -hmm. One up in Idaho. We've got some guys up in uh, North Dakota and in your home state of New York, actually up in Gasport, New York. So just east of Buffalo, I think about 30 or 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. So you're all over the place. We are all over the place. From the little San Luis Valley. <laughs> exactly. That's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. I was going to ask what your primary market is. Obviously, it's wherever people have a need for what you're doing. The ag industry, as big as it is, it's still a small industry. There's a lot of word of mouth out there and as many acres of potatoes and onions are grown out there and there's, you know, all kinds of fruits and vegetables too, but we focus on onions and potatoes. And so there's pockets of these places all over the United States and then there's where they're grown and then they either pack them where they're grown or they'll ship them off to a place where they're repacked. Like down in South Texas, there's not many potatoes grown, but they do bring a lot in from here in the San Luis Valley or a lot of reds in from North Dakota, mm -hmm. Arizona, there's some. It just naturally happened. We were kind of focused when we first took over, we were focused on a couple of primary areas. New Mexico and Texas were big for us. And as we did more business, this guy would tell an acquaintance out in California or up in Oregon or Idaho or Washington or New York. Mm-hmm. And they would call us up and then that guy would tell somebody. And so everything has been grown through word of mouth and just through people just liking what we do. Word of mouth advertising just can't be beat. It sure is. Yeah. You do a job, you do it right, and people speak highly of you. And that just expands outward incredibly. Yep. Great to hear. I noted on your website several different types of equipment. Can you tell me a little bit about some of them, such as receiving and washers? What do they do? Receiving and washers. So let's start with the potatoes, okay? So they bring in the potatoes either by truck or they have them in a storage facility where they can flume them in by water in just a ditch and where they'll just float them in, okay? And we'll bring them up a dewatering chain and then bring them into their wash line where they'll uh, be sprayed with water and then they'll put sanitizing agents on there, dry them, okay? Mm -hmm. And so that's receiving and washing. If you receive by trucks instead of by flume, They'll receive them out of that truck or out of a truck bulk bed or a semi truck where they'll have 50,000 pounds of potatoes and they're in the semi trailers. And they will receive them onto a conveyor and then elevate into a big holding tank. So they do that quickly so they can get that truck back on the road. And then from there, out of the tank, they, if they're doing uh, so many pounds per hour, then they can meter them out of the tank into the line. 
Wow. And then, of course, you've got sizing and grading equipment that comes next, I guess? That actually does come next, yes. So out of the washer, generally, washer and dryer, what you do is you go into a sizing machine, which most of the time grades as well. Mm -hmm. And so it will take all the different sizes of potatoes and then send them to wherever they need to go. The baking potatoes generally go into a box or some like a larger eight pound bag or 10 pound bag. Mm -hmm. And then the smaller size potatoes will go into a five pound bag or three pound bag. You know, those play bags you see at Walmart or Safeway or whatever. That's the last piece of the chain, your packaging and palletizing then. Yes, sir. So from the sizer, they take them into a conveyor and they might go into another even flow holding tank where they can meter those into a packaging machine, a weighing machine, which might have 10 to 14 load cell weighheads on it. The potatoes will be elevated into this weigher. The weigher will put the potatoes, like vibrate the potatoes into the weighheads. And then it will make a calculation of which of those weighheads comes closest to five pounds or three pounds or whatever, whatever weighment you are needing for that package, and then dump them out into a cross conveyor into a bagging machine. Some of these weighers have two bagging machines on them, and we will get up to 80, 85 bags a minute off of one of those machines. A minute? A minute. And each of those weighments, each of those bags weigh within 10 grams of each other. And so if a pound is 454 grams, think of that. I mean, that's a, a quarter of an ounce is, is how close the tolerance is on these things at 80 bags a minute. It's pretty fun. From start to finish, you've got it covered. It comes in the door. The machinery that you offer can take care of all of this, and it's ready to go out the door at the end. It sure is. That's incredible. What would you point to as your business's most outstanding accomplishment in the past couple of years? I'd say it was a culmination of several years of hard work. Here in 2018, we had several warehouses down in New Mexico that were still, they had older style equipment, okay? Dated equipment. Okay. Bulk and dribble feed. The weighments weren't as accurate. It took a lot more labor to run these machines. And so they were coming to a time where it was tougher to find the labor to lift the packages, okay? Because these each, each of these bags that they might run 50-pound bags or they might run three-pound bags, but each of these three-pound bags will be put into a larger crate or a bag that weighs 50 pounds. Right. So getting people to lift those day in and day out, 10 hours a day, 12 hours a day, is just becoming tougher and tougher. Backbreaking work, yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, very tough. So they came to us and, uh, and several other companies actually and had us uh, start bidding on these weighers and baggers and carton fillers and palletizers. Mm -hmm. And that year, we had five separate warehouses come to us and remodel everything in there. That was a very difficult and trying year, but I would say that was our biggest accomplishment. There was several times before that where we'd been passed over for somebody else that might be fly-by-night. We hung in there, and if they needed us to come work on their equipment, we wouldn't say no. We'd say, yeah, let's, we'll, we'll come and do it. Just give us a shot. That was a big year, and I'd say, that was, uh, I'd say that was our biggest accomplishment. I would assume, too, that yes, there's a cost involved to get this equipment installed in the first place, but at the end of the day, the savings on labor and everything starts paying for itself pretty quick. Labor and weight. With these other machines, let's say these warehouses, they're running 500,000 bags of onions through their warehouse, and each of those bags is 50 pounds. With an older style machine, each bag might be a pound to two pounds off, okay? Might be heavy. They can't send out light bags. They'll get rejected. So they are on the side of caution. Right. Well, with the old style machines, you couldn't get an exact weight. 
with the new machines, they generally go within, on a 50-pound bag, it's within a quarter pound. So the weight savings alone is a big reason to invest in this equipment, and then labor savings as well. Tell me about some of the ways that Pepper Equipment is involved locally here in the San Luis Valley. As far as being involved in the community, we support several different uh, high school sports. They come to us and ask us to, uh, to support them, and we do gladly. I played high school sports, and I know uh, it's always nice to have businesses backing you. Sure. Stampede, some car shows, stuff like that. I'd say the one thing that stands out as far as supporting our community is we're looking for the next generation of help, of workers. Mm-hmm. I have actively gone to the high schools and asked them to send us people. You know, if you got somebody for work study, if you've got somebody that wants to work for the summer, uh, is there anybody you can think of that likes to work with mechanical stuff, that's showing, you know, that wants to weld or enjoys electronics or whatnot? So we've gone out and we've tried to uh, support the kids and bring up that next generation of flavor. Well, it makes sense too. And again, I'm making assumptions. It's not just mechanical as you're talking about. There's obviously physical considerations, as you mentioned, welding. There's electronics controlling all of this stuff too. Yes. There's computer integration even. Computer integration. So in-house, we build a lot of equipment to integrate some of the equipment we import. We import a, a lot of equipment from all over the world. Denmark, Holland, Germany, Australia, New York. Actually, we work with a company out of New York that builds equipment as well. And so all of those companies might build something that we need but they may not work exactly together like they should. So we can integrate our equipment to help with theirs to make either a full line of equipment or partial line. And we do have electrical. Uh, You need to be able to run, you know, work on motors or frequency drives, but computers too, computer programming, programming all of this stuff to stop and start and send this little widget to do that or that that machine to stop when one in front of it has so we don't have product all over the floor. Sure. Well, I imagine there's scales and sensors and all of that all integrated into it as well. Exactly. At the end of the day, on a professional level, what drives you to do what you do? I enjoy creating things. I really like when a customer comes to us with a need, with a problem, and we need to hash it out. And none of it's easy to do. These guys will have warehouses that have been added on to that aren't the most efficient way of doing it, but that's just the way it is. And so we need to figure out how to put this here or that there. And that is very satisfying to be able to find a solution to a problem that they have. And at the end of the day, once we've got everything installed and running and seeing a smile on their face and them saying, thank you, I think that's what drives me. But I really enjoy the problems and having a purpose and the responsibility of that as well. Very good. How have the changes we've experienced over the past year affected Pepper Equipment? And what, if anything, did you have to do to adapt, stay relevant, and maintain business? As far as our business day-to-day operations, that really didn't get affected. People still need to eat. Produce still needs to go out the door. The grocery stores need the product and people need to cook. People need to eat. So as far as we go, we didn't shut down a day. Whether it was servicing equipment or installing, we had to get it done. Mm -hmm. One problem we did have was travel. We work all over the United States, but we also depend on some of our vendors from across the pond in Europe and down in Australia to assist us in some of these installs. Even sometimes they have service techs that are more specialized that can handle problems that we generally don't do. Mm -hmm. And so that was shut down. And we had a couple of installations last year that we had to take care of. We had to take care of on our own. And we got it done. We got it done in a timely fashion. 
You spoke a little bit ago about a great accomplishment. I'd think I'd put that right up there with that, all that equipment sold in 2018 because for us being able to take that and run with it and get the job done and customers didn't have to suffer because of what happened. Right. That was pretty satisfying. And I can see it in my employees' faces too when it was done, man, they came back and we got it done, Justin. And that was, uh, that was a lot of fun. Where would you like to see your business, say, three to five years from now? That's tough. There's a couple of ways you can go. You can think of a couple different scales because we're fairly national now. So do I look to you know increase exposure in more areas in the United States? Do I grow my company that way? You can get as big as you want. I think personally and for this business, I think I like where we're at right now and I can handle it. I think if we got any bigger, we're talking having a higher or add a whole other level of management and growth like that. It could happen. It could happen naturally. It comes with its own set of problems too. It does come with its own set of problems. Yeah. I like what I do. I like being involved. We're a small company. And so I have eight employees and I try to make time for each one of them every day, whether it's five minutes or 30 minutes and some more than others. My general manager, uh, we speak a lot. You know, there's a lot of stuff we talk about down to our newest guy who was hired a couple months ago. I really enjoy that one-on-one and that personal time with them. I think it's important, especially for a small company. So to grow more, I guess I don't have a good answer for that. As far as equipment goes, there's better grading on the way. There's more being developed with robots and grading. And so I would like to be able to focus more on that over the next several years. I think that's one, one direction we could go. Do you see any potential pitfalls to that? Outsourcing humans for robots kind of thing? You're always going to need humans for a final grade. We're in a tough spot right now. I know that I like having employees. I like employing people. And I know generally in the ag community, I've been at this 18 years. And even starting back, you know, 18 years ago, and even now, I know that these farmers are community-minded and they want to hire people. They want people to work. They love to work. They love to get out there and get the job done and, and work with their hands. And at the end of the day, you're better for it, for going out and being productive. Mm-hmm. It's tough because labor's tough to find right now. It's very difficult. And finding people that want to work in these warehouses is tough. So that's where we come in. Well, as you said, there's a lot of things that people don't want to do. Who wants to carry 50-pound bags of potatoes all day long, five days a week? Right. It's backbreaking work. So there's a lot of things that you can do and implement that is actually time-saving and saving on people's physical abilities. What do you feel is the biggest challenge facing small businesses today here in Monta Vista? I think as far as uh, the retail stores go, the biggest challenge they face is internet sales. It's just so hard to compete. You know, they're paying rent, they're paying heat. They need to be there for, you know, certain times of the day and they can't be there all the time. Putting up a website and getting traffic, I think, can be very difficult. Mm -hmm. The internet has really taken down small town America as far as uh, business goes. You see a way to turn that around? I would like to be able to see that. I don't know if there's going to be a some sort of revival as time goes on to where communities might come back together and try to shop locally. You can talk about shopping locally all you want, or you can use these, these key phrases, and I think they're great, but it takes people going out and doing it and making it a habit. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd like to think so. But I love to see full buildings, you know, and businesses thriving and people making, making a living and serving their community and serving a need for that demand, whatever that demand is. I think that's the biggest difficulty that the businesses face. And then dependable help, a dependable workforce is the second thing. 
That has always been a challenge. Yeah. All that being said, where would you like to see Monta Vista three to five years from now? I think as far as the people, you know, the people make the community. And there's so many souls out there that feel lost and abandoned that are ready to give up. People need a purpose. People need something to look forward to and to get up for, whether it be working with with family members or, or taking care of children or raising a family or going to work. They need that. And so I think I would like to see somehow, I don't know how you get this done, but responsibility and uh, people looking into themselves to make themselves better. And if you can make yourself better, start by that. Then you can be a better person for your family. You can be a stronger father or stronger mother or a brother or sister or a friend, colleague. I guess that's what I would like to see is how do you get there? It's a tough question. Yeah, that is a tough question. Drugs are pretty prevalent in today's society, legal and illegal. How do you how do you get people off those and back into the workforce? It is an endemic problem. Uh, it is. And it's not yeah. just here. It is across the country, around the world. Yeah. Maybe it starts with talking to your neighbors, making a concerted effort to go across the street and visit with a neighbor that you don't even know. Or, you know, maybe there's a group of kids. Maybe you have kids. I have three kids. And we've got a pretty good group of, of children in our neighborhood. It's fun to see them playing. And I like to go outside and talk to them and, you know, maybe play with them for a little bit and then go back and do what I was doing. But, you know, raising that next generation. Well, it's good that you're going out too. I mean, you're staying in touch. Now you know who your kids are with. Yeah. And that gives you the opportunity to act if needed or walk back peacefully and go, hey, my kids are good. Right. I think as a parent, that's our responsibility. We got to watch over our kids, whatever they're doing. I do think we have a good community. I always love coming home and uh, I see friends that I knew from high school and some of my friends have gone on. They might be in Denver. They might be all over the world. A lot of us are still here and uh, it's good to see them and see smiles on people's faces and see them out working or playing or you know raising families. I think it's a good place to raise kids. Cities are tough. There's a lot of stuff that goes on in the cities that we don't have here. There's a lot of opportunity in the cities, but there's also a lot of 70 or 80 hour work weeks. And there's a big rat race up there. And there's a lot of trying to keep up with who you're living next to. And there's expensive meals and there's Ubers that you pay for and there's movies and and everything's just so expensive. And, And yes, you do have opportunities, but hour and a half commute. Hour and a half commute. That's right. And there's something that you can never get back. You can go up there and have all these opportunities and work, work, work and drive and do all this, but you never get back that time, that time with family and that time with your friends and relationships. I think that's something that you can leave that can last for generations, you know, a positive legacy. I like that. Well said. Why do you believe local businesses should join the Bonavista Chamber of Commerce? In other words, what is the benefit for businesses becoming members from your perspective? I think that goes back to uh, what we were talking about with relationships. The chamber can put you in touch with other business owners. None of us know everything. And more often than not, we don't know very much. But there's something else that somebody does know that, that may have to offer another business out there. And if you can build a relationship with that owner or even the, the employees or, or something you know, through the chamber, if they can put you in touch with them, there's probably going to be something that you can come out with positively. If you were truly looking for it to make yourself better and to make your community better and looking for something with an open mind, then you can come out of that relationship with something better. Or maybe there's something that you may have to offer for your fellow businesses too. Mm-hmm. And so the old cliche, United We Stand, I think that's part of it. The Chamber is a good platform to gain exposure to a broader audience as well. We were talking a little bit ago about different websites, okay? 
and gaining exposure to a broader audience as far as uh, travel goes, tourism, right? So the more people that come into money, the better for our businesses. Yep. Why not join the chamber and uh, help bring that along, help, help solicit that? Excellent. Justin, anything else that you'd like to mention, sir? Eat more potatoes, eat more onions, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Which supports a lot of things in yeah, the valley. That's <laughs> right. It's huge. So cooking, cooking with your family is a very healthy way to bond. Having meals together, sitting down at the dinner table and having meals together, cooking together, doing dishes together. It's something that my family does. We really enjoy, and then we, we do that with friends. And man, so much of life is centered around meals, especially with your family and friends. And a lot of things can happen. Good things can happen and come about from that. I don't always get it done, but we have a no phone rule at the dinner table. It can be tough, especially certain seasons when they're harvesting or when they're packing really hard. I can get phone calls at odd hours, but it helps. Your children develop. It develops their character. It develops their ability to converse with adults and like adults and have conversations. That's a lost art. I think it is a lost art. Well, let's face it. Our phones have an answering machine right. built right into them. <laughs> yes, <so>. they do. <laughs> it's not like you can't get that call 15 minutes later once dinner's done. Yeah. <laughs> you only get one shot at your family. Even if you have a friend or you know a loved one who, I don't know, may, need, may just need to talk and need your undivided attention. Mm-hmm. People, they need that. They need relationships. That's what we're, that's what we're wired for. And uh, having somebody there even to just listen and them knowing that you're not distracted. That's pretty big, man. And it means a lot to everybody. Everybody. It's been a tough year for that too. Yeah, it has. With all the challenges we've gone through last year. Justin, I want to thank you for taking the time to talk to me. Goodness, we get in-depth on a lot of great things. Good conversation. I appreciate the time. I want to remind folks, Pepper Equipment Corporation, you've been around since 2004, and uh, you're serving the produce industry throughout the United States, all over the place. Some amazing things that you're doing, and certainly urge them to reach out to you to find out more. All your contact information, of course, will be on this podcast webpage, and they can find out even more about you. So, Justin, appreciate it, and congratulations. I want to visit Chamber of Commerce Business of the Month for February. Thank you, sir. Adam, I uh, honestly say it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. With a smile and a helping hand, we provide quality care and service to our communities. That's the mission of the Monta Vista Medical Clinic of Rio Grande Hospital, providing health care to the Western San Luis Valley. Rio Grande Hospital is part of the Valley Citizens Foundation for Healthcare, Inc. It's a community nonprofit organization whose purpose is to provide health care to the Western San Luis Valley. You know, they have medical clinics in Monta Vista, Creed, Del Norte, and South Fork. And to find out more about their mission, everything they offer, and more, we got together with Eva Timberlake. Eva is the Development and Communications Officer. Eva, welcome to SL Voices. Thank you. We appreciate you joining us, and let's get your story real quick. Where are you originally from, and how did you end up in the San Luis Valley? Well, I was born and raised in New Jersey, a small little town, Colonia, New Jersey. But I moved to Florida about 30 years ago and just loved it there. Worked for hospice, worked for a couple of humane societies, doing fundraising. And then I fell in love with the area and a gentleman and applied for jobs here. And Rio Grande Hospital welcomed me. What do you do as a development and communications officer? I like to think of it as matchmaking sometimes. We try to match donors with our various programs so they could support them. You know, this community is so well-connected and they support us so much. 
but there's different areas outside of the valley too that give us their support. Well, the Monte Vista Medical Clinic of the Rio Grande Hospital is one of the Monte Vista Chamber of Commerce's featured organizations of the month for February of 2021, so congratulations. Wow, great, thank you. Tell me about the Monte Vista Medical Clinic, and of course, feel free to get into as much detail as you'd like. First, what is your mission and vision? Our mission is, with a smile and a helping hand, we provide quality care and service to our community. And it's even on the wall here. Right when you walk into the hospital, it's right there for you to see it. Do you know when the clinic first opened in Monte Vista? Yes, they started in 2008 serving the patients and the community there. And then we moved to our facility that we have now in 2016. So you've been there a dozen years or more now? Yes. Can you cover briefly the some of the services that are offered there? We have our clinic, our medical clinic there, which has a physician and two nurse practitioners. Dr. Musin is there. He's a Colorado native. We have Jackie Bennett, who's been there for several years. And we just, starting the 8th of February, Joette Easer, which is a nurse practitioner, will be seeing patients. She's already won the hearts of many in town. Also, besides the medical clinic, we have our physical therapy. We have Jake Malott and Dan Maloaf there. They are local favorites for physical therapy. And we also have our pharmacy there. We have a walk-in and you can drive up and get your prescriptions filled. Yeah, but what would you point to as your organization's most outstanding accomplishment in the past couple of years? Well, I think that we've been known for serving any of the needs of our community. We have a CEO and a board that no matter what they feel our need is, they will make it happen. For example, our wound care. It's something that was very costly to build an area that holds a hyperbaric chamber and our wound care patients, exam rooms. Plus, we had to partner with the national organization, Wound Care Advantage, to make sure we got the training that our physicians and nurse and HBO technician needed. But it has saved so many limbs in our community and beyond. I mean, we see people from Walsenburg, Salida, Pagosa Springs come to our area because now it is so well known. And then is offered out here at the hospital in Del Morte. Yes, it is. Now, it's a fascinating thing. I appreciate you walking us through and showing us that earlier. Modern technology. It's amazing. And it's great that we can do that for the people in the San Luis Valley. Now, you've just completed an expansion here out at the hospital, too, recently, didn't you? It was about two, two and a half years ago. Mm -hmm. And that wound care was one of those areas. We also amped up our physical therapy area. We do pulmonary rehabilitation here. It's amazing. I noted on your website that the Monte Vista Medical Clinic was recognized as an exemplary provider by the compliance team. What does that mean? That was amazing for us. It just demonstrates the outstanding patient care practices and compliance that this group gives to our clinic there. Basically, you can trust us, and we are doing what's best for you. Well, congratulations on that. Thank you. Eva, how have the changes we've experienced over the past year affected the Monte Vista Clinic, and what, if anything, did you all have to do to adapt or stay relevant? Well, we did close our clinics for a couple of weeks and put new protocols in place. Mm -hmm. You've seen it around a lot of places, I'm sure, temperatures, the various questions. If we feel that anybody is compromised, that they may have COVID, we make sure that we do not welcome them into the main areas of our hospital. There's a certain entrance. If you're getting a COVID test, it's in a remote area of the hospital. 
detached from where our patients are. We are being very safe and diligent with the process. I would imagine this applies to all the clinics too. Yes, absolutely. Eva, tell me some of the ways that Rio Grande Hospital as a whole is involved locally in the San Luis Valley. Well, besides medical care and treatment, we are planning an expansion and we are going to create a wellness village. It's the beginning of the process right now. Our wellness village, it's something that we feel is needed. If you've heard of blue zones beyond the United States, they're where the healthiest people live. Blue zones, it's an amazing thing. It's bringing all aspects of health and wellness to our community. So we are hoping to do that expansion coming up in the next year or so. We have the support of our CEO. It was her idea and her baby and the board backed her because it is needed. A lot of times when patients come and need either a surgery, for example, a knee surgery, they don't have a place to stay. They'll be able to stay in the wellness village close to medical staff. Also, wound care. When you have wound care, it's several week process for many days a week. We need to know that they have a safe place to stay at, and it'll be right next to the hospital. We also want to focus on a large part of our community for the 50-year-olds and up. We see a lot of changes happening at age 50. They either lost their significant other and they need to learn some new traits or tools. So that'll be a wonderful place for them to learn that computer skills, maybe another career. We want to welcome the young adults and the teenagers and children into this space. So it'll be a community area too where they'll be able to hold meetings for local groups. It'll be amazing. Do you have a rough timeline at this point? Like I said, it's just the beginning. We should be getting more information in the next few months by summer. We're so excited for the community that we'll be able to take part of this. At the end of the day, on a professional level, what drives you to do what you do? Just being able to see everything that Rio Grande Hospital and clinics wants to do and does do for the community is amazing. We see firsthand how people are benefiting from our organization, and I mean, it doesn't get better than that. Why do you believe local organizations should join the Monte Vista Chamber of Commerce? In other words, what do you see as the benefits? I think Monte Vista Chamber keeps us informed and allows us to be relevant with the needs of our community. It's one of the first places I did end up going to when I came to the San Luis Valley, and they welcomed me there, and we've done some lunch and learns there. It's a great, great community group. That's right. We had the healthcare luncheons going on. Well, maybe post-COVID, we can get back to doing those. I hope so. It was really educational. Eva, anything else that you would like to mention? You could visit our website at riograndhospital.org. And of course, all this contact information will be on the podcast webpage too. So, you know, if people want to reach out and find out more, we'll have some pictures there and uh, some contact information and other things. So we'll certainly stop by. Well, Eva, again, uh, we want to thank you for taking time to talk to us about what's going on here at the Rio Grande Hospital in Del Norte. And of course, our clinic right there in Monta Vista. Thank you to SLV Voices. Well, thank you. Pepper Equipment Corporation was established in 2004. They serve the produce industry throughout the U.S. and import state-of-the-art equipment from around the globe, as well as design and build right here in Colorado's San Luis Valley. Pepper Equipment offers a full line of produce packaging equipment, custom equipment, 
sales, and installation services. To find out more, visit their website at PepperEquipmentCO.com. That's PepperEquipmentCO.com. Located at 931 North Highway 285 in Monta Vista. You can call them at 719-852-4092. That's 719-852-4092. Pepper Equipment Corporation. The vision of Monta Vista Medical Clinic of Rio Grande Hospital is we will distinguish ourselves as the trusted healthcare destination. We will provide compassionate healthcare and advocate wellness through innovative access, preventative medicine, and collaborate partnerships within our diverse community. To find out more, visit their website at riograndhospital.org and click on the locations link. That's riograndhospital.org. They're located at 1033 2nd Avenue in Monta Vista. You can call them at 719-852-8827. That's 719-852-8827. Open Monday through Friday from 7.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. That's the Monta Vista Medical Clinic of Rio Grande Hospital. Have you considered becoming a member of the Monta Vista Chamber of Commerce? You should! Find out about all of the great benefits of being a Chamber of Commerce member and how to join today. Stop by the Chamber office located at 947 First Avenue. You can also call them at 719-852-2731 or visit their website, montavistachamber.org. And be sure to check back next month for another Monta Vista Chamber Business Spotlight podcast on slvoices.com or any major podcast platform. The Monta Vista Chamber of Commerce is proud to sponsor the monthly Monta Vista Chamber Business Spotlight podcast, highlighting member businesses, events, and organizations. The Monta Vista Chamber of Commerce exists to promote businesses and events in the Monta Vista area. They serve its members and the community at large by planning and hosting many local events, social media promotions, advertising, and help to improve community relations and communications among the residents and guests of the Monta Vista area. Their mission is to advance a sustainable business environment and improve the quality of life for the community. The Monta Vista Chamber of Commerce is located at 947 First Avenue in Monta Vista. You can call them at 719-852-2731. That's 719-852-2731. Or visit their website, montavistachamber.org. That's montavistachamber.org. And check back at the beginning of every month for another Monta Vista Chamber Business Spotlight Podcast. We appreciate you telling your friends to listen to the podcast on slvoices.com and check out our extensive calendar of events, more listings in one location than any other website around. You can help spread the word too by joining our Facebook group, SL Voices, your voice in the San Luis Valley, and liking our posts on other social media outlets. Also check out our Instagram page for behind the scenes looks at what we do. And please, patronize our local sponsors. Remember to support the businesses here in the Valley. Most are owned and operated by your friends, family, and neighbors. We all love this area and want to see it flourish. And you can help by buying and supporting locally in your own and surrounding communities. Check back for another local podcast soon. 
Until then, this has been San Luis Valley Voices, a production of SL Voices, your voice in the San Luis Valley.